When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. What is completely logical, but also completely wrong when it comes to investing? Here's the answer. Thinking that you can sidestep a few market downturns and increase your chances of making money in stocks. Today, we're going to dive into some math and some history that can make a massive difference in your retire sooner plans. If you're thinking about being an early retiree or retiring sooner, these are the kind of history lessons, the investing lessons that will kind of hit you over the head. And we're faced with this problem of market timing, thinking we can sidestep downturns all the time, particularly in a year like 2022. And why is that? Why does the math work out that way? Well, it's because if you do so and you miss just a fraction of some of the biggest market recovery days, it almost completely takes the wind out of your sails as an investor and it'll ruin your retire sooner plans. Missing just a handful of big market up days, just a handful can totally wipe out your overall returns. And we'll get to that data in just a few minutes. But if you think of this from a perspective of an early retiree, or maybe you're not retired yet, it also applies to accumulating assets. It's not just about once you're in retirement, you're trying to spend or distribute your assets. In either case, we need a positive rate of return to accumulate. And then I've never seen a retirement plan work and outpace inflation and keep up with spending if we don't have a positive rate of return. And if we fall into this peril of missing out on just a few of the best days in the market, and it wipes out our long-term return as investors, then it totally erases our plans for accumulating enough to have financial freedom and accumulating enough to be able to spend what we want to spend while we're in retirement. Now, maybe there's one caveat. I guess nothing is completely impossible, but I've never seen anybody do this. I've never seen an algorithm or hedge fund or quantitative model be able to get out of the way of falling stocks only to ride rising stocks higher. Maybe maybe some hedge fund has done it somewhere, but I've never seen it, and I've never known anybody to be able to do this. And this is an important topic in a rough 2022. If you've been listening to the Retire Suitor podcast, we're not sugarcoating how 2022 has been. We've talked about most of the year, how difficult or rough it's been for investors. You open up your 401k statement that ended the third quarter of 2022, probably doesn't look so good. Stock mutual funds down, bond mutual funds down. Even your commodity funds are likely down if you're in any sort of gold or precious metals or most of the areas outside of what you'll typically see as mutual fund choices or investment options in a 401k. 
or downs. Stocks of all shapes and sizes having a tough year. Now, we have seen some bright spots. Dividend stocks, as we talked about all year, have been holding up very well on a relative basis. Energy's done relatively well. Utilities have done well on a relative basis. Healthcare has done well. But for the most part, markets are down, both stocks and bonds. And naturally, when investing gets tough, it's so normal, it's so natural, it's almost to be expected for an investor to say, hey, let's wait out this storm. Let's, let's get out of the way here. And we'll get back in when things calm down and they look a little bit better. So let's have some time out of the market to avoid all those losses that in my gut, oh, isn't it just going to keep getting worse? Inflation's not getting any better. The Fed's not going to stop tightening interest rates. How, it's not getting any better any soon, right? Let me just get out, avoid the pain. Then I'll get back in to capture the upside when things start to turn around. And that is completely logical. It's also completely wrong. It's a completely wrong way to think about how investing works. So this today is just such an important lesson for anybody thinking about a retire sooner path. You might think you can get out before the market fall, and you might be able to do so, but what's so much harder to do, or nearly impossible to do, is to get back in at the right time, right before the recovery. What's even more impossible to do is to repeat that cycle over and over and end. Again, out of the market, then back in for the recovery. Out of the market, then back in for the recovery. We know that's virtually impossible to do. We also know how violent stock market recoveries are when they finally decide to recover. Markets haven't done that really yet in 2022. There'll be a time when we wake up one day and inflation's under control and the Fed's stopping raising rates. The economy's kind of gotten through this. And I think that's when you see some really big updates. But we've talked about the violence of what those recoveries can look like, the violence of stock market recoveries. So remember, and we've talked about it here on the Retire Sooner podcast, on average, the market recovers a full 30%, 30% of its total recovery in just the first 30 days of recovery on average. Recoveries from down 20, 25% bear markets, recoveries can take years, a year, two, three years, but it's the first fraction of that recovery time on average, that makes such a huge difference. Knowing recoveries happen quickly, it's always been fascinating to me to see how investors would do staying fully invested. And these are the numbers we're going to jump into here. Staying fully invested versus missing out on just a few, just a few of the best updates over the course of time. So we're going to look at two different studies here. We're also going to talk about an updated table I did this week that shows how stocks do post a 25% fall, where are they typically a year and two years later? We'll get to that as well. But first, I want to walk through these two studies. The first one I'll just call, and I've seen this same study over and over and over again for, for years. We'll just call it the perils of market timing. So let's look at 1995 through September 30th, 2022. So again, the 1995 all the way through the third quarter of 2022. That's almost 28 years of data. You do the math, you're talking about almost 7,000 trading days. If it's, we have about 252 trading days a year, about 21 trading days per month, 27 full years plus uh, three quarters of a year, that gets you to just shy of 7,000 trading days, 6,993 trading days to be exact. So we're full, if we're fully invested, fully invested, and we're, we're there for all the bad 
days, all the bad periods of time over that whole 28 year period. But we also get all the upside of the good days because we're fully invested. We're there when the recovery happens. We get an average rate of return just shy of 8%, to be exact, 7.7%. 7.7% doubles your money about every nine years. Yes, it's a little shy of the, the 10, 11% we know for the markets to have produced over time. But this is just this very specific period, 95 through 2022, which has obviously been a tough year. Again, at 7.7%, your money doubles about every nine years. Now, what happens if you miss out on just five days, five of the best days out of 28 years? About 7,000 trading days. Five days out of almost 7,000 is less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of trading days. What happens to your return? It doesn't drop just a little bit. It drops all the way from 7.7 all the way down to 5.9%. That's 23% lower if you miss out on just the best five days of the market over 28 years. Now, let's keep going. What happens if you miss the best 10 days? Well, then our return falls, again, not just a little bit, falls to 4.7% or about 40% lower than being fully, fully invested. Missed the best 20 days. Now we're down to 2.7% average rate of return. Missed the best 30 days and we're all the way down to 1.1%. Now your overall returns have essentially been wiped out. We're talking about 85% lower than staying fully invested. And that's only missing the best 30 days out of almost 30 years. Of course, we can keep going here. Imagine you missed the best 40 days. Now your negative rate of return, average annual, S&P 500 compound return, less the best 40 days, negative almost a half a percent per year. So what should we do? Since it's so difficult to precisely call the peaks and the valleys, and the reality here is we got to call the peaks and the valleys the peaks and the valleys, isn't it just a better bet to simply stay invested? Let's look at this another way. There's another study about market timing, missing out on a few of the very best trading days. Bank of America recently published this, and I really like the way they take a slightly different angle here. They look at the market return for each decade, going back to the 1930s. So the 1930s, the 40s, the 50s, all the way through 2020. The research tells a similar story, but we look at it per decade or by decade, and then we're going to look at this on a, on a full compounded rate of return over the whole period of time, missing out on some of the best days. So let's start by looking at the, the happy days of the 1950s. These were, this was an awesome decade. We just got out of World War II. It's happy days in America. Stock market goes through the roof. You're fully invested, SP 500, for that whole decade. How much were stocks up? 250%. Now, by the way, this study does things slightly differently. They're looking at only the price return. So we're not counting dividends here. So the rates of return would be a little higher, actually a fair amount higher if we included dividends here. But we're looking at just total price returns during these periods of time. So we look at the 1950s, total decade, about 250% for the decade of the 50s. Now we miss out on just the best 10 days of that decade, 10 days in 10 years. The rate of return drops to 167%, or a drop of more than a third. Well, let's look at the 1980s. The 1980s, another wonderful decade for the S&P 500. Total price return, 227%. Without the best 10 days, drops all the way to 108. 
That's 52% less by missing out on the 10 best days. It's also interesting to look at when we go through decades that weren't so good. So think about decades like the 2000s. It was a rough period of time. The price-only return for the S&P 500 during the 2000s, the decade of 2000 through 2010, was negative 24%. Now, again, that doesn't count dividends. If you count dividends back, it's, it's a much better rate of return. But if you missed out on the best 10 days, what happened? Your loss tripled. We go from down 24% to down 62% for that very difficult decade for investors. Gosh, shouldn't we have just waited that out? Should we just be out? It is so tempting to do so, to sit out the worst days, and let's just capture the best days. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, I think the data here is telling us that it's the wrong way to look at it. And the right way to look at it is to be fully invested. Here's another way to look at the numbers. Bank of America in this study also does the full compounded price return for the S&P 500 all the way from 1930 through 2020. Compounded total price return of, wait for it, 17,715%. Yes, that's almost 18,000%. That's not a typo. We're talking about almost a century here, over, over 90 years worth of market compounding. But now let's take out the 10 best days for each decade. That massive 17,715%, how much does it fall by? Well, the price gain falls by 99.8%, all the way down to 28%. So almost 18,000% staying invested for all the, all the bad days, but all the good days as well, versus missing the best 10 days of each decade just to try to avoid the market pain. And if you were to do that, Returns are almost completely wiped out. Hey, y'all, it's Mallory Boggs, the producer for the Retire Sooner podcast. From an investment standpoint, the world is changing. We've gone from no inflation to hyperinflation, zero interest rates to much higher interest rates. All of this changes the dynamics for stocks and bonds. So the question for you, are your retirement accounts ready for it? Have you adapted your investments for these major shifts? Do you know what kind of income your 401k account is going to pay you in retirement? If not, maybe it's time for a new perspective. The Retire Sooner team is here to help. If you're ready to talk, reach out to our team and we'll help you take a closer look at how you can generate income in retirement and protect yourself from inflation. We'd love to hear from you. Again, find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the moral of the story here? Well, there's no way to time both getting out of the markets and then getting back in at the perfect time and, and try to do that over and over and over again. We know that just doesn't happen. I think in our hearts and even in our guts as investors, we know that. We know that it's, it's a bad practice to try to hop in and out and in and out of the markets. But your human brain fights against that constantly because fight or flight kicks in every time you get bad news, which the news is basically always bad news. It's just bad news or really bad news. If you're, if you're watching 
television news, if you're watching social media, if you're watching financial markets, fight or flight get, kicks in at some point and it says, get me back to safety. I'll, I'll get back in when the storm clouds clear. Problem is that it's often way too late. You've missed the recovery. You've missed the rally. And it's those rallies that make the difference. It's those rallies that make that 8 to 10, 11% long-term rate of return that allows for investors to accumulate enough to have financial independence, to accumulate enough to be able to spend what they want to spend in retirement. And without it, I don't see financial plans working. If we have rates of return wiped down to 4 and 3 and 2 and 1%, it's almost impossible in the United States to be able to have enough money in retirement and to protect your purchasing power, protect what you need to spend against inflation. Now, in the intro to the Retire Sooner podcast, I say that much of Wall Street and much of America will tell you it's impossible to retire at all or certainly not sooner. One of the core themes here on the Retire Sooner podcast is to be the best investor that you can be. And if you fall into these such common traps that happen and hit most investors, then it takes what I think is essential, getting a positive rate of return. It doesn't have to be 12 or 15% a year, but getting a positive return of 7, 8, 9%, it makes for the vast, vast, vast majority of anyone thinking about retire sooner, thinking about getting to financial independence. It makes, that is a key part of making that possible. And if we're falling into this market timing trap, we miss a couple of the best days and it wipes out a return. It also wipes out the dream and the goal of retire sooner. So a couple ways to fight against this. What do we do? Wes, what do we do? Well, remember the dry powder principle. We did a show on it here. did an episode on the retire sooner podcast here, but the dry powder principle very simply says, keep enough dry powder in safety assets, which are, let's think of cash and treasury bonds. And by the way, now cash and treasury bonds are paying us something because interest rates are higher to the tune of three years worth of spending. Now, this is different than your typical six months emergency fund if the air conditioner breaks or you need a new car or need a new roof. I'm talking about people that are getting into or closer to be having to spend some of the money that they've accumulated to live on. And I think this works even if you're not living off your savings or assets, because I think it can help you be a better investor knowing that you have three years of spending money in safety assets. A lot of families I work with will have 10 years worth of dry powder, meaning that let's say you need $30,000 a year from your investment portfolio on top of a pension, on top of a social security. They have, let's call it $300,000 in safety or dry powder. That'd be 30,000 divided by 300,000. That's 10 years worth of spending money that's in safety assets. That allows us, that allows you to invest the rest and invest the rest in assets that are longer term oriented like stocks. Stocks are not good vehicles for a year. Stocks can be great vehicles for 10 years plus. Stocks are not great vehicles for a year. They are meant to be longer duration assets. They're really hard to beat. It's hard to find something that you can get the same rate of return on that's better than stocks over a 10-year period. So let history be our guide here. Don't underestimate the perils, even though your, your, your brain's telling you, oh, let's just get out for now. Don't underestimate the perils of your long-term returns that so many of us need to make our retirements plan work in the first place. 
And don't let this market timing issue where we miss a couple of the best days in any given year scare you out of stocks because it will ruin your retirement plan. We have to be there for the recoveries when they finally show up to the party. Now we'll talk about some of the, the silver linings that have been presented to us because of a tough year or a bad year for stocks and a bad year for bonds. And we're going to do two very interesting studies that talk about what happens once stocks fall 25% or more, which is by the end of the third quarter, in fact, the very end of September, September 30th is when the S&P 500 hit down 25% from its high. Let's go back to 1960 and figure out what happened over the course of the next year and two years, once stocks fell 25%. So think of it this way. You're watching the stock market. As soon as it hits down 25%, you hit your stopwatch. And the stopwatch, you wait a year. Where, where are we one year later? Well, first of all, it's happened eight times over the course of, call it going back to 1960. We've had eight periods of time where the market's fallen 25% or more. Fast forward one year, once we start our stopwatch, down 25%, Seven out of eight times, markets are higher one year later. Seven out of eight times, or 87.5%, markets are higher one year later. Average rate of return over the course of that next year, what is it? It's really, really good, up 27.5%. That's the average rate of return during that recovery. So again, even though it's been a down year for stocks, that typically ups our chances of stocks being higher over the next year. And it's a similar story for bonds as well. Remember, bonds get hit if interest rates go up in the short run. And that's already happened. Now, there could certainly be interest rate hikes ahead of us, and we could still see overall rates go higher. But with two-year treasury yields or interest rates over four and a quarter percent, we've got to think that a lot of the, the rate rise has happened, and that's hit bond prices. But here's the good news. Once interest rates are at the level that they are at today, and I'm talking about the 10-year treasury now, returns moving forward get a heck of a lot better. So we look back at the last time the 10-year treasury was right at this 4% level. You've got to go back to April of 2010, or you have to go back about 12 years to find when the 10-year treasury rate, we're talking about bond yields here, were this high. What was the average rate of return for bonds? And we're looking at the aggregate bond index over the next decade? The answer, almost 48%, 47.79% to be exact, for an average rate of return of just shy of 4% per year, 3.98% to be exact. Very simply, the last time 10-year bonds paid 4%, then bonds in aggregate averaged 4% a year over the next decade. Now, I'm not saying this is the holy grail of investing by any means, but to have a positive, steady rate of return, particularly for that dry powder we just talked about, of call it 4% per year, that looks pretty good here in a rough 2022. Here's the bottom line. Markets are about participation. They're not about perfection. It goes for the stock market. It goes for the bond market. And if we miss, particularly on the stock market side, as we talked about today, if we miss some of those violent upswings when things get better, we get these quick recoveries. Then it wipes out the very reason we invest to begin with is to get that 7, 8, 9, 10% rate of return over time. 
I think the silver linings we're seeing in 2022, even though it's been a really tough year, down 25% for stocks, interest rates now higher, typically bodes very well for stocks once we're down 25% over the next year with an 87% positive rate and a 25% average rate of return over the next year once we've fallen 25%. And with bond yields already in the 4% range, that bodes well for bonds moving forward as well. So the stock market and the bond market, it tells us that. History tells us really what to do. History gives us a guide. History gives us the rules. They're just not that easy to follow because our brains are telling us something different that we've learned as investors, and it's so easy to forget. Fight or flight throws all logic out the window and just says, run. And that's okay. And that's why we're here on the Retire Sooner podcast to help you through it and to remind you of just how critical it is and how important it is to understand and let history be our guide. If we can do that, if we can do that, I think it ups our chances dramatically if we're trying to end up in the Retire Sooner camp. Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.